0: This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. Hey, this is the show where you get to talk about whatever's going on in your life, you get to have insight. Into anything you're experiencing in Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is coming up, easy for me to say. And uh, that's a day where either your heart is skipping some beats and you're really excited, or maybe you're wondering what went wrong. Why is your relationship not where you wanted it to be? Whether or not you're wondering how to make this Valentine's Day special, or whether or not you're wondering what went wrong in your relationship. Or what you can do in future relationships or even to find love. The number is 866-391-1020. You can call in and, hey, if you want to make up a name, you can. You don't. You can be anonymous. But I'd love to talk to you. 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866 391 on the right automotive text line that's the best deal in pittsburgh but we're going to talk about relationships we're going to talk about what goes into effective relationships we're going to talk about what might be going wrong in your relationships we're going to really kind of hone in on this subject because with valentine's day coming up you know a lot of people get either really nervous oh no what if it goes wrong or they get really excited because maybe something big's about to happen but a lot of people also get very let down in studio tonight with me, my really good friend, Lisa Ald. She's a professional counselor. And Lisa, I'm so glad to have you back on the show.
1: I'm excited. Can't wait to talk about this.
0: I mean, relationships, uh, we all have relationships. And we, in some area of our lives, maybe, maybe they're different. Maybe you have professional relationships. But when it comes to love, when it comes to finding love, we might be in different spots. So we're going to talk about tonight when people are single looking for love maybe you're out there and you're thinking what am i doing wrong people are wondering that Mm -hmm. is it me is it someone else um so definitely want to hit on that kind of stuff tonight but i'm also really excited to share with you um my concept of uh why i think there's so much pressure on valentine's day so i think i think we put a lot of pressure on putting a physical value on an abstract concept so I think people say, you know, I need to show all of what's happening right now in this gift and what I'm doing. And I think there's a lot of miscommunication in that because people get let down. People think, oh, this is not what I expected. Or you might give a gift to someone and you think, why didn't they respond the way I wanted them to respond? So it's a lot to get to tonight about that. Uh, what are you thinking about this upcoming Valentine's Day? You looking forward to this, Lisa?
1: Sure. <laughs> I have a date with the gym
0: nice right exactly um I'm uh, I'll share tonight you know we're gonna talk about um, my wife and I did a video on keys to uh, uh, a long term how to have a long-term successful relationship and we talked about these four different keys. And I'm going to share those with you tonight, but I also want to be able to hear from you. So if you're struggling and you're thinking, well, why am, why am I not? Why is my relationship in the spot it's in? Maybe you're wondering like, what am I doing wrong? Or maybe you want to just get off your chest what the other person is doing wrong. And you'd like some insight around maybe why they're doing those things wrong. The number is 866-391-1020. And of course, the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on a right automotive text line. So... A lot of, uh, there is a difference between, uh, male brains and female brains. There was a female psychiatrist named Luanne Brezidine, and she wrote a book called the male brain. And she also wrote a book called the female brain. And in it, she describes some of the experiences that she's found as a psychiatrist and in her own research. And one of the things she describes is the difference between the two emotional systems that we all have. So we all have two emotional systems the first system is the mirror neuron emotional system so here's what that is it sounds fancy but here's what it is as soon as we see someone uh as soon as we see an event we have an emotional experience of that event so it's almost like vicarious learning when we see something we're experiencing that emotion now The next thing we have is once we go through that emotional system, then we have what's called the temporal parietal junction emotional system. So TPJ emotional system, and that is our problem solving emotional system. So we all start off in the mirror neuron emotional system where we kind of feel for what the other person is experiencing. But then at some point we shift to the temporal parietal junction emotional system. Now, here's what she notes is the difference. She says that she has found in her research that we, even though we all start off in the mirror neuron emotional system, that men have a tendency to go more quickly to the other one, the TPJ emotional system. Here's what this means. Sometimes she might have seen a, a husband and wife together and the wife might be describing an experience and wanting the husband to really validate that, but he's on to solving it, trying to say, here, you can do this, this, and this. And he's expressing love in that way, but she's not getting it because she wanted him to just listen. So she would teach couples, look, if you understand how people respond emotionally, you have a better chance at connecting with them. And one way to do that is to be open about your communication. So Lisa, I think tonight we'll talk about those five love languages. We've hit on those before, Mm -hmm. but I think that when we explain this to the audience, I think they're going to really connect with understanding how they can find love. But I don't know if you knew about those two emotional systems. I didn't.
1: I loved it. Yeah,
0: it's it's very true that we see, and I see that a lot. And maybe in for some couples, it might be different. Maybe uh, someone's saying, "Well, look, in my relationship, I go to the problem solving first, and 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 I, and the other person goes to wanting the other person to just listen." But we're, wherever you are out there, wherever you are with it, this awareness around understanding that maybe you're showing love one way and thinking that other people are supposed to respond the way you want them to. So maybe you're caught up. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're really upset with why your life is in the spot it's in around relationships. I want to help you out. So I want you to give me a call. 866 391 1020 or email on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at KDKA Radio dot com or text us at eight six six three nine one ten twenty on the right automotive text line. We're talking relationships, we're talking Valentine's Day, and I am talking to a phenomenal professional counselor, Lisa Ald. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is is emotional management where we manage your emotions i know you have some emotions to manage out there so if you want to talk the number is 866-391-1020 you can call in you can be anonymous you can say you're calling in for a friend that's not the first time we've heard that uh, dollar bank instant access is kdk radio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line so okay let's dive into it relationships um well lisa let's start with well where do you want to start with this
1: well i think you know whether you're, you're in a relationship or not i think always the best place which we we tend to go to here on the show is uh starting with yourself some self-awareness so i love the uh the five lo- love languages that you previously mentioned. Yes. So maybe we could dive in, into that.
0: Okay, so that's great. That's a great place to start. So the five love languages. Here's what they are. So I'll give a quick overview of what they are. They are um, uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and receiving gifts. Here's what five love languages mean. We speak a, a certain love language. In other words... Some, for some people, words of affirmation, in other words, people saying, you know, I love you. I care about you. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. Those words of affirmation are what really drive that person and fuel that person. That's the language that person speaks. And then you get to acts of service. That is doing little things for that person. And when you do little things for someone over time, they see it, it's it's something they can tangibly see. And the same is true also with, uh, receiving gifts on that last one that receiving gifts is another tangible and that doesn't mean you have to be greedy to want gifts. It just might mean that's your language. Like you're used to someone maybe giving little gifts and they don't have to be expensive or money at all. They can just be thoughtful. They can say, Hey, look, I picked up this rock on the side of the road thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are quality time and that's really taking the time to be with someone that's so meaningful. For so many people. And that is a very powerful love language. And then finally, physical touch, where you're showing that um, you're showing your love in a physical way. So people have these different love languages. And what do you see, Lisa, when you run into clients, um, The, the uh, like what do you see around these five love languages?
1: Sure. I think um, so, at least the way I understand it is when, by the way, I, it's a free assessment. So if anyone wants to take it, it's five, the number five, lovelanguages.com. Um, and I've done that for myself and and also for clients, but the way I understand it is we tend to usually give love in the way that we'd like to receive it. So if you can actually speak to, Hey, my top love language is quality time. So for me, that means someone is like truly present when they're with me. They're not, you know, on their phone flipping through the channels, um, and, and then with that, you know, whether that's like doing an activity together or having conversation. So if that's my top one, I learn how to or at least get the language to express that to my partner um, and then learning what theirs is. So yes. it doesn't mean that that's the only way they like to receive love, but that for them is the top way that they know that you care.
0: Yeah. So if someone you're right, you give what you want. Mm hmm. And I think couples make this mistake and then they come in to see us in therapy all the time and say, "Um, I'm doing this. Like I'm showing, I'm doing this, but they're doing what they want, not what the other person wants. And maybe you're out there as you're listening and you're thinking, okay, where did I go wrong in my relationship? Maybe you were very, very thoughtful in your own way, but it wasn't the way you wanted your, their partner wanted you to be thoughtful. And that's what I want you to really think about. Like, how were you? How were you, if you're listening, when you're listening out there right now, how were you giving love and how were you expecting to get love? Absolutely. So let's talk about like, what, what would, what do words of affirmation look like? Like, give me your perspective on that.
1: In a sense, I think it's almost validating, um, you know, what they feel for me. So whether it's, wow, you look so pretty today or, or I love you and this is why. Mm. Um, these are the things that I really admire about you. So truly, just getting affirmed verbally from my partner.
0: Okay, that's perfect. So then, acts of service. What does that? What does that? In your mind, what does that look like?
1: You know what's interesting? I keep so in my private practice, I see both individuals and couples, um, and I distinctly remember one of the first couples I had do this, um, and one of the things that kept coming back was loading the dishwasher, mm. and that was. Um, th- this particular part of the couple was their top love language was acts of service. So whether it was him wiping the, the snow off of her car window or load, it always kept coming back to loading the dishwasher and it would become a joke of, did you load the dishwasher this week? Because that was an act of service that he could do for her.
0: Nice. So I, re- so I say all the time, people see your actions, not your intentions. And I think when it comes to acts of service, that's what kind of. That reminds me of that. Like when you do something, when you do an action, you might have meant something, but when you do the action, people can physically see it. So that, that is very meaningful, I think, to so many people. And then quality time, you mentioned earlier, like mm-hmm. taking that time to actually be present with your loved one. Um, so many people are distracted. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we live in a world of distractions. So maybe you're out there and you're thinking, well, I'm connecting, I'm spending time with this person, but are you really, right. are you looking them in the eyes? Are you, are you really right. present with them or are you on your phone? Or are you doing something else? And, uh, in the Tao Te Ching, there's a line that says in family life, be fully present. Um, Kaya always reminds me of that. Sure um, does. it's says, cause she can quote the dial in a second, but she says, it's a great, uh, quote to be when you're in family life, be fully present. So, and then physical touch, uh, again, like when you, what do you see with that with couples and how do you get them?
1: So I think it, you know, it's the primary way that you express affection with your loved one. So whether it's, you know, holding their hand or sitting on the couch, um, you get up, get up to, to get a drink of water and, you know. You touch their shoulder as you walk by. It's small things that let them know that you're connecting with them physically, um, and you're expressing your love in that way.
0: I have seen people in relations, in couples, in therapy, and they will say, "I had no idea." Like, I don't, and they'll say, uh, "You know, I just felt like I was wilting away. I needed, to, I need watered, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my watering."
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's a powerful analogy for sure.
0: <laughs> and then, uh, and then, receiving gifts too. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know I've had people say. You know, all I want is just something to say you're thinking of me.
1: Right. Actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. I don't think, to your point earlier, I don't think it's it's necessarily how much the gift is, how expensive or elaborate, but just to know that your partner thought about you and brought you home, whatever that thing is, that gift that they're providing to you.
0: So again, let's come back to, so someone, let's say someone's giving words of affirmation. They're telling you left and right. This is, this is, you know, you're doing great. You look pretty, all this stuff, but that's not your love language. Let's say your love language is genuinely, uh, something else. It's, it's, quality time. Mm-hmm. So you're given, so the partner is thinking, well, listen, I'm giving you all these words. I'll tell you this all the time, right? but it's falling on deaf ears because it doesn't mean anything. And actually when it comes to words of affirmation, if a person doesn't believe them themselves, sometimes there's really no, it's not, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to have them believe it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see that.
0: Uh, so I, I always talk about the difference between self esteem and self efficacy. Self esteem is how you feel about yourself. Self efficacy is how you feel about your performance. So if you raise self esteem, you don't do anything for self efficacy. But if you can raise self efficacy, self esteem comes up with it. So instead of just saying you look pretty, you and more comment on the effort somebody puts into what they're the, what they're, you know, getting ready and their looks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Or even, hey, I noticed um you took some extra time cleaning up the living room before our guests came over. I really appreciate it. So even just acknowledging the effort that they put into whatever that's like the more detailed it is, if that's their their uh, you know, affirmation, then they're gonna receive that even more so instead of just, yeah, you look great today. But i really appreciate you taking the time to do x y and z
0: yes so listen we want to hear from you 866-391-1020 dollar bank instant access kdkradio.com we've got some emails to get to questions and text text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line so we have some emails and texts that we will definitely address coming up um but we'd love to talk to you as well 866 3911020. 391 1020. She is Lisa Ald. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, and this is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. This is the show where you can call in and ask us anything you want. We're talking about relationships because, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up, and you know, There's a lot of pressure on people when it comes to Valentine's Day because people rarely seem to live up to the expectation of the other. So joining me in studio is my great friend and an awesome counselor, Lisa alderman She's been on the show before. Um, So Lisa, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. So all this pressure at Valentine's Day, people run into.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I think you have it whether you're you're single right pressure yeah. of why aren't you in a relationship whether you're in a relationship of what are you gonna do for the other person
0: right so my wife always says look we I mean we are good at the everyday stuff we've been together for um, 20 uh, 21 years we've been married this will be our 19th year married um, so we've we've been together for a while and we really work on being and everyday partner to each other so not just putting emphasis on a holiday or or just one day and she she said something great earlier i was going on uh, another radio show and she said hey you remember like if you're you're whatever you get somebody remember to say it's not going to make up for the whole year so if you haven't if you haven't been putting effort into the relationship You can't just buy your way into that. And if you're on the flip side of that and someone hasn't been treating you correctly, you know, you would hope that it's not just one gift that's going to bring it all back. It's not what it's about. It's not about just that one day that I'm not downplaying the day, though. It's wonderful. I think it's a beautiful celebration. It's a great time to experience, um, celebrate love or focus or pause in in the midst of a very busy lives to stop and say, wait a minute, let's really focus on this love. So I, I like that. I like that idea of the reminder, but I do think that a lot of people are worried about what if I don't live up to that expectation?
1: Yeah, for sure. I can I can see that it, it's, it feels like a lot of pressure.
0: So I think people, so let's say, uh, you know, you work really hard and you get a, you know, you're crea- you have some gift, you put a lot of thought into a gift. And then when you give it, you and I were talking earlier about those five love languages. So you give that gift and the other person just doesn't receive it in the way you want. I think it comes down That's to tough. Yeah. <laughs> its Expectations are huge. So if you're expecting, listen, this person's going, I'm going to give it. The skies are going to open up. They're going to throw <laughs> themselves at my feet and say, oh, my goodness.
1: This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> my whole life.
0: <laughs> I always wanted this. And then if you don't get that, you think, you yeah. don't even appreciate it.
1: Maybe that's not their top love language.
0: Right. 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 And also... Because people can't see your intentions, they don't see everything that goes behind a gift. And I think that's even true sometimes with homemade gifts, because when you're doing a homemade gift, you're really putting a lot of effort and time into it. But I'm not sure anyone could ever fool. They can see, oh, my goodness, I can sense the time. But you alone know how much time you put into that. So I think it's important to align your expectations with reality. If you're giving a gift, um, that you're giving it with the intention because you genuinely want to give this other person a gift and you're giving it. And I, when I say give, I mean, give you give and let go versus I'm giving it. And these are the strings that are attached. You will re- You will react the way I want you to react. You will, um, you know, you'll be grateful now because of this. And I've seen so many guys through the years because I had a center for people convicted of violent crimes. I had saw so many guys in anger management that would say, I did this and she didn't even, you know, she didn't even appreciate it. And, uh, and it would be just kind of something that's benign, but Mm -hmm. just really put a lot of expectations on. If I do this, you know, I expect that she's really going to be grateful. And then the flip side is if you are receiving a gift, like to be mindful that, um, You know, to be grateful, to be grateful for something that somebody gives you.
1: Absolutely. I think it's tough sometimes when we expect that someone would have the same reaction, should have the same reaction as we would have.
0: Yeah, that's that cartoon world, real world Mm -hmm. difference. In your cartoon world, you think this is how people should react. And in the real world, this is how they really react. If you have a question about this, like 866-391-1020 is the number to call in. But, yeah, that's what it does. It comes down to expectations. What do you expect from someone? So how do you work with someone who is, um, you know, really disappointed in that other person? Like, where do you go with them?
1: You know, one of the things that I always work with my couples on in in uh, in therapy is I, I think probably the first few sessions, we focus on uh, rules of engagement and setting ground rules for communication. So really getting clear on using I statements uh, as one example, or having them sit down and, and really do a good job of clarifying what their needs are mm. um, and explaining that to their partners. So generally just clearing up any miscommunication as best we can, and kind of setting ground rules for communication so that when they're outside of the office, they can use those to sit down and have a conversation.
0: And that's really smart because I think the those boundaries, those people don't really realize that they're there, they just don't know what they are and they're not clearly defined. But the more clearly defined they are, the more you can operate within that within those bounds. I was doing a, a leadership seminar in Georgia this past week, and I talked about creating those boundaries. And even though that's a, a, a work relationship, creating those boundaries, the same is true in relationships. Here's here are my boundaries. Here's where I would, you know, this is what's acceptable. This is what's not acceptable. This is how I choose to communicate. For instance, in 21 years together, my wife and I have never called each other a name. Um, because that's just not something we just never, we never thought that was okay. And we both agreed with that. Yeah, Yeah, we just never, we never have ever called each other a name. We just didn't think that's, um, that's not how we would address each other. Um, And when you're angry, like the one thing we've really learned well is that no matter what fight you have, there's going to be a beginning, middle and end to it. It's going to be over. And so something that actually Kristen does super well, my wife's Kristen, and she she does really well, say, look, whatever we're talking about, if we're hungry or tired and we're having a miscommunication, she's like, Tomorrow is going to come and we're going to forget all about this. So we might as well just forget about it now. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Think how many fights and arguments you've gotten into in relationships. And they've Good been job, so Kristen. heated. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just keeping everything in perspective. I like it. Do you think yeah. that you had those same tools? I mean, obviously you've grown together as a couple, but... Would you suggest people having those conversations now of learning how to set boundaries?
0: Yes, tremendously. Like I love that. I love the idea of because um, we grew together tremendously, right. like definitely grew together. But I think I, I love what you're teaching and having people do because they need to they need to know what are those boundaries. And listen, sometimes when I've shared that with people, they've said, no there's there's no way because they're so ingrained with yeah. I, you allow yourself to go there. but right. if you if you so I, I shared this one time. A guy who was I was working with in prison and he said, I'm worried when I get out, I'm going to go back to the same lifestyle of dealing drugs. And I said, look, if there was, uh, if there was a, a jug of gasoline over there in the corner, and I pointed to the corner of the room, I said, if there was a jug of gasoline in the corner and we were both extremely ridiculously thirsty, would either one of us touch it? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, you can't. Okay, so it's not an option no matter what. It might be liquid, but it's not an option to drink. So, so that's the kind of limit you have to set for yourself when you get out in terms of going back to drug dealing. There's no chance. And so in the same way with relationships, if you set the boundaries, like there is no chance that there's going to be name calling in any way, shape, or form, then that's a clear, it's just like, don't drink the gasoline. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you, so I, I've done some boundary setting um, with individuals in individual sessions. And I think something that comes up a lot is well, first of all, it's tough because usually it's not a physical boundary, right? It's this right. invisible fence that we're kind of building around ourselves and then telling someone else, usually it's easier to say, hey, you crossed that boundary. So sometimes it's been hard, you know, for myself and for clients to say, here is what my boundary is. How is there any tips that you have for encouraging people to think now about, you know, what's a boundary that I know is set for me in this relationship that I want to try to maintain or in my next relationship?
0: Well, first I just love that because you're right. People don't notice it until you mess it up. Mm, and you yeah. crossed that. I can't believe you did that. Well, I didn't know <laughs> that was we, about Yeah, it.
1: right. <laughs> I didn't know that was the that was the fence line.
0: I had a guy one time who had so many rules that I said, "It's you, you. I, I, I want you to start to write your rules down and put them up on sticky notes and just tape them all over your house." He ended up having <laughs> sticky notes everywhere, and then he finally, the light snapped, and he was able to take them down. Look. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. I love this question, and we're going to keep talking about it coming up. The dollar bank instant access, if you want to email us, kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. She is Lisa Ald. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. Tonight we're talking about relationships. In studio with me is Lisa. Oh, Lisa, you had some questions for me.
1: I oh, I do have questions for you. Okay, so you've mentioned Kristen. I know Kristen. She's lovely. How did you meet?
0: So I met my wife. She I was gonna I was going to graduate, but I was playing baseball. At uh, in college, and so I could have graduated in December, but I stayed uh, through the spring to play one more semester with my buddies. And uh, my wife moved in two doors down from me the last uh, the last semester.
1: Your last semester.
0: My last semester. Wow. Yeah, she just moved to the university, came in, moved in two doors down. She was actually carrying garbage. <laughs> Although she always points that point of the story, part of the story out, because I don't really remember that. I, I have a vague recollection that she was carrying garbage, but like, what well,
1: did you at least help her?
0: No, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. I really don't. I don't know that I did. I just remember shaking her hand. I remember. Well, she has a great handshake. Like she was as like, she put
1: down the trash to yes. shake her hand. <laughs> yes. Well, Okay. So this is a million dollar question. Putting you on the spot. Was it love at first sight?
0: So uh, for our first date, I said uh, I will ask her out. When she said yes. I drove her, like, 40 minutes away <laughs> and to, like, out in the middle of the woods. Like, it was oh, like... No. A, I said, <laughs> I wanted to go see McConnell's Mills out right, there. So I right. said, listen, this is a nature place. Uh, but I drove to a place that was, like, 40 minutes away. And then, uh, yeah, the restaurant was even farther after that. So I had it, like, locked in. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have some plan. time. I had a plan. I'm okay. like, I'm going to spend some time here. Right. Um, so we had a great uh, we had a great first date. And, um, yeah, I mean, holy cow, we, we were... 21 years we've been together. We've been together longer than uh, she spent her time on earth without me.
1: So you were together from that day forward?
0: We were, yes. Um, And I don't think, somebody asked me the other day, because she does a lot of stuff for me. My wife literally does. She takes care of me. Um, And she, um, someone said, what would you do without her? I said, I don't think I could make it 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I could go 48 full hours without.
1: Let me tell you something. I've had some of her her cooking—it's pretty good. Oh you're my lucky. goodness,
0: I am—I'm definitely lucky. I—I um—I would w- married up, as the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll kick your coverage. Have you heard that yeah. one?
0: No, I. I no. I,
1: Listen, you're both lucky. Okay, you're both lucky. Um, we're friends too.
0: Yes, I. see you know, but no, I. You know, I. We put a lot of work into our relationship, and so we're very proud of that. Um, because it takes work, it takes effort. It we we did a video, how to keys to a long term relationship. And the first thing we said was stay interesting. In other words, you want to be interesting for the other person. I cannot tell you through the years in therapy how many times people come in and complain. Uh, my partner, like, they're not they're not interested in me anymore. Well, what are you doing? Well, you know, I, I, I play Candy Crush five hours in the morning. I play, you know, three hours at night and, you know, just only two right. hours in the afternoon. Well, isn't that like 10 hours of your day <laughs> right. on Candy Crush? I mean, so if that's what you're doing all day long, what are you bringing to the relationship? Um, and I think people just forget that it takes effort to be in a relationship. Um, so we talked about that as a, a huge, um, key is staying interesting for your partner, like bring something to make sure you're bringing something constantly to the relationship. Um, and then growing together. I think that you, you mentioned that earlier. That's a, mm-hmm. that's an important one that you, you've got to grow together with your partner because if you don't grow or one person's like really learning self-awareness, the other person isn't then it becomes challenging to stay in that relationship
1: absolutely i think it's challenging too when you meet at a young age um Mm -hmm. you know i've had couples that met in high school met in college and who we become as people later in life is oftentimes so different so evolved so continuing to grow together do you think it's possible for couples to have different interests and, you know, pretty much grow in different directions and yet still have a healthy relationship.
0: Yes, most definitely, I've seen that, I've seen that through the years. Um, absolutely, you don't have to have the same interest in everything, um, the fact that both people are growing, that's really what matters, that both people are actually growing. Um, when you're striving for something, you get to share. Hey, listen, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm learning. This is what I'm um, studying. And and you bring that to the relationship. And when you truly respect that other person, they might think differently, but you're not. it's not about making them think the way you think. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, let's come together. And can you really respect and love someone for thinking differently? That really takes some ego strength on your own, which is, again, comes back to you working on yourself.
1: Definitely. I like that. We always seem to come back to, let's start with you first, ourselves, and we can only grow from there.
0: Yes. And then we talked about not scorekeeping in this. It's called, our relationship, our video is called How to Have a Long-Term Successful Relationship. It's on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you type in Dr. Christian Conte, you'll see all my videos. I just did a new video today um, based off uh, requests I was getting to make on, uh, today's video was on How to Talk to a Narcissist. Um, but anyway, let me come back to this. Don't score keep. That's a huge one. That's a really, really important one. Um, in a relationship, you know, that comes up a lot.
1: Yeah. And we, we can circle back to that as well. I think that that's important, um, really to define what that means.
0: Yes. Um, cause I do want to get into that scorekeeping stuff. I think that's important for people to hear, like, how am I doing it? And that, that happens a lot. And then the last point that we talk about in our four keys, the successful relationship is choosing your battles, knowing when to say this is worth it Mm -hmm. and no, this isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. That's, I think it's important to learn. Look, if you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access is KDKARadio.com. We will definitely get to your questions at the top of the hour. Um, the you can text us also at 866 391 1020 on the right automotive text line. Look, you how ha- or Halloween.
1: <laughs> Val- <laughs> <laughs> <Not> for <laughs> some, maybe. Day's for some. Up.
0: Hey, this is uh you know, yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody might be thinking, <laughs> I'm gonna get some really uh, some ghosts and things like that. That's what I might come home with. I thought it was Halloween, right? Um, no, Valentine's Day is coming up, and when Valentine's Day is coming up, uh, you might be nervous about what am I going to get my partner? And you might want to call in get a get an opinion. We can give you we can give you some insight on that. What gift might be good? Um, so you're welcome to call us about that, or you might want some insight on, should I stay in this relationship? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't the relationship for me. Um, a lot of times people stay in relationships long after they should have gotten out of them. So how can you tell? Well, one way is to give us a call. 866-391-1020. 1020 I'm Dr. Christian Conti, emotional management on KDKA radio. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. This is what, the night we're talking about uh, relationships, and in studio with me is Lisa All Lisa, here's a question we got on the right automotive text line. My husband and I are very competitive. I found that we have gotten into a funk lately and are stuck scorekeeping. We are constantly explaining what we did in our days and comparing whose day was harder. It's causing tension in our marriage help. Okay. So scorekeeping, um, this is when I was just getting to that in our, in our video. I don't know if that was triggered by that, but in our, our, the, uh, the idea of scorekeeping is I'm going to tell you what I did and I'm going to get an arbitrary number of points for it. And you tell me what you did and you get an arbitrary. And the problem is a lot of people don't do what you teach people to do, which is set those boundaries or even figure out what point what's worth what points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can't really win at this. There's really no way to win. Here's why there's tension in the relationship when it comes to that point scoring. You're thinking, um, look, we can't compare whose day was harder because. Well, whatever was hard for you is subjectively difficult, whatever's hard for him is subjectively difficult. And I think it's really wise to understand that here's a good way to think about it. If you're really tired at the end of the day and your husband's really tired at the end of the day, you being really tired or him being really tired doesn't take away from you being tired. In other words, how tired he is, is absolutely, that's a different category. And how tired you are and it's not a comp it's not a comparison so i think it's important to recognize what's really worth competing in like what does it mean what would it really mean for you if you won and then you're like okay you're more tired <laughs> does that mean he's <laughs> what do you get from that i think to me lisa that's the question is what do you get if you if you get your points
1: yeah i'd imagine there's some kind of validation there and then the same result is you're still not happy
0: yes <laughs> right? No, but th- that's you're, you're right. That's right, you're validation. still not happy.
1: And then uh, there's a different kind of tension. So, to me, it almost as, as you were speaking, I, I was kind of thinking thinking about this couple and thinking that at some level, there's a lot of un, unmet needs. Mm. So them not really truly having a conversation about what what need isn't getting met, um, and then kind of on the surface, artificially creating this scorekeeping method of um well i don't have to meet your needs because i'm more tired and i worked harder today
0: right 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 that's very insightful plus the i like the idea of validation like you said so if i if i did this and i have this many points then you must validate how hard i worked right when really there's a different way to say it it's okay to say i'm really tired i worked really hard and i'm really tired um that's the part where communication being learning to communicate more clearly really changes the relationship so I don't need you to say um, I'm better. I just want you to understand what I did. And I think a lot of times people begin to score keep because they don't feel appreciated. Mm.
1: Yeah, I I could see that. Or even I can't begin to or I don't want to meet your needs because I'm so stuck on mine not getting met. Mm. Potentially.
0: Definitely. This is all awareness. This helps people expand without awareness around why this this is why they might be fighting or why they might be arguing it's why you might be arguing out there the numbers eight six six three nine one ten twenty if you want to talk about it um, I know you have some questions that we're gonna to get to um, but with with point scoring I, I don't th- I think this is something to stick on for a minute because um, when you try to you know when you try to make it about here's what I did. I think you're missing the value in really just appreciating the other person. So when you want appreciated really badly, sometimes you're not giving that appreciation and it can start with, so there was a wonderful story, um, years ago that I read about, um, uh, oh, actually a woman wrote it in a chicken soup for the soul story. It was a really good story. She said, one day my husband, um, one day my husband came in and said, Hey, thank you so much for breakfast. You've.'" you know, you've made so many breakfasts for me. I just can't thank you enough. And she thought he wanted something from her. So he, she said, you know, she kind of looked at him weird. And then The next day, like he came home and said, you know what? I looked in my drawer and I see all these socks folded and you've done how many loads of laundry through our whole relationship. I just want to say thank you for that. And then she, he just started to do this every day. And at first she thought he wanted something from her, but over time she realized he's just expressing appreciation and she wasn't sure what shifted in him, but then all of a sudden one day she sat down and said, you know what? I just want to thank you so much for going to work for us and providing this house for us. And she said, I don't know what would get shifted in him, but I know that when it happened enough times, I was able to shift myself. And sometimes I think that's like what that lesson from that story was, when you become that change, and not just expect, okay, I be, I'm starting to thank you, so now you better start thanking <laughs> right. me, because right. that's the point scoring part. Yeah. But if you do it because you genuinely want to say thank you for someone, then over time, it is reciprocated, but it does take time. And I think the part where you expect, no, it's going to happen immediately right now, and that's why I think there's a lot of tension in that relationship from that text, um, is there's, there's that scorekeeping of like, no, it has to be this mm-hmm. way.
1: I think sometimes it's hard to, to, and it takes an effort to put your ego aside, especially when you're in a relationship where perhaps you're not happy at the moment. Um, and the last thing you want to do is tell your partner that you appreciate them or do something nice for them when you feel like the same is not being returned to you. But to to make the relationship work or to at least take a step forward, right? Setting the ego aside and, and similarly, I was thinking about a story or an article that I read and Maybe you told me this, but I honestly, I don't remember where I got it from, but um, I remember reading about a couple that was in a really um, rough spot, and every morning, the husband decided he was going to ask his wife, what do you need from me today? Mm. What can I do to help you today? Or how can I make your day better? Um, and initially, you know, it was met with a lot of uh, sarcasm and contempt of what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Right. Um, and that that was what ended up saving their marriage.
0: Well, when people are not used to something and it just changes it. So when, let's say you're out there and you're trying to think, how can you change things and, and improve your relationship by seeking first to understand, by seeking first to, you know, do things for your, your loved one. I think that's what shifts the dynamic rather than just being taking, taking, what am I getting? I'm not getting mm, enough. And yeah. if you're looking at what you're not getting, you you could probably potentially never be satisfied. Um, but I know there are a lot of you out there that are probably in really wonderful relationships. And if you with Valentine's day coming up, I think this would be a great time to call in and talk about what does go well for you in your relationship and how you've been able to have a great relationship. So we'd love to hear from you. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty is a number. Of course, you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com And you can text us at 866 391 1020 on the right automotive text line. That's best deal in Pittsburgh. But let's say you're out there and you're thinking, man, there are some there are some keys and, and and things that you've done really well to stay in a relationship and have a happy relationship. Would love to hear from you. 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. She's Lisa Ald. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management valentine's day is coming up you could be an extremely happy relationship you could your relationship could be lasting a long time i want to know what you're doing to stay in that relationship maybe some of your advice can help others out there. So give us a call. 866-391-1020. We'd love to hear from you about what you're doing well in relationships, what you found to be the key for a relationship. A lot of you are super happy in your relationship. And, you know, relationships are such a beautiful gift, I think. Um, And when you find the right one, it's a beautiful gift. Um, Sometimes people don't find the right one. Uh, There was a a right automotive text that says, why do some people settle Um, Why do some people settle? Lisa, you want to take a shot at that? Why do some people settle?
1: (laughs) Well, sometimes I think it's better to have companionship than to be alone. Some people may feel that. So I think uh, certainly I don't think anyone goes into relationships thinking, "Eh, I think I'm going to settle. But um, oftentimes it's it seems easier to stay in a relationship that we know and that we're comfortable in than to kind of rock the boat and get out of it.
0: So I have asked people in therapy just straight out, like I'll, I'll kind of wait till there's a, a quiet point in the conversation and then say, I kind of out of the blue, but real sharp. So why are you why are you staying with that person? Mm-hmm. And when you kind of really put somebody to it, like really, why are you with that person? That answer, that reaction really is very telling. So a lot of times somebody might say, well, I'm used to them. Right. You know, I'm used to this person. I don't know anything else. Or Or sometimes people think, I'm supposed to keep going forward in this relationship because it's the next step. This is what we're supposed Mm, to do. Yeah. And absolutely. The reality is it's not, there's not a, it's not like a, um, conveyor belt. And when (laughs) you get on, once you get on, you just have to keep going. Um, It might not be the right relationship. It might be, and you might need to take work. And that's the thing where it's not black and white. Sometimes it's the right relationship, but you're going to need to work together Mm -hmm. and you're going to need to put effort in. And sometimes it's not the right relationship, but you're together because you're used to being together. Mm -hmm. How do you help people differentiate?
1: I was going to ask you the same. That's a great question. You know, obviously you and I are both advocates of counseling. um, And, you know, I recommend everyone to go to therapy Yes, because it's a conversation and us helping you kind of identify themes and another set of eyes. So me looking at a situation from my viewpoint is a little bit different than the person who's in it. And I think the same for our relationship. We're not there to give them advice, but we are there to help them facilitate what's going on. And you know, I, I'm a fan of people seeking marriage counseling, couples counseling prior to there even being a problem. Once you learn how to effectively communicate, I think that often solves a lot of problems on its own. Um, you know, I, I do think some people deep down already know if it's not the right relationship, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of courage to get out of it. Yes. Um, but for, for for those people who, you know, one person might be ready and one person might not be, but even if your partner doesn't want to go to counseling... I think absolutely it's okay for one person to start without the other.
0: Okay. That's a really good point. So I definitely believe that as well. I get asked that on my website a lot, so I can't get my partner to come into therapy, um, Hey, I get asked if I can make them and I'm like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. you as I can't make, I can't make anybody, but I definitely can't just randomly pull in somebody. But I do, I agree with you wholeheartedly mm-hmm. because I think if one person goes in, the person who really is prepared to go in, then that person is much more likely to gain quickly from it and gain the insight that can either help them connect with that person anyway, if that person doesn't come in or figure out, is this the right person? Yeah. And by no means, if someone doesn't want to go into therapy, does that mean they're not the right person? Because they could have their own projections about what therapy is. Mm -hmm. And I understand that for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing that does happen a lot is I have seen the people who are reticent to come into therapy. If they finally do get in, think, oh, no, you're going to like you're reading my mind right now or something like that. And I always say, like, it's therapy. I'm not I'm not a psychic. (laughs) I can't I can't see into your into yeah. your mind except i guess that you're being really suspicious right now and they're like see i knew it i knew you were thinking that um so yeah let's um but i know you have some questions there for us to get to um and for, so you have some emails for us i to do get to. i
1: do so someone wrote in and i like this question i think it ties in nicely to both um the theme of our relation the relationship talk tonight and emotional management so we got an email from brad and he is asking Um, I'm a young male that has suffered from depression badly the past few years. And I've decided to see a doctor this week to get some type of medication that can help me. But my second biggest problem is that my anger is really bad, especially towards my girlfriend. And it could be over anything, her not reading the map correctly or her choice of food. And I hate that I'm like this because it's destroying our relationship. I love this girl very much and I need help to become a better person. So any advice for Brad?
0: Yes, yes. So he's getting and he's going in to see someone to get medication. Mm-hmm. So what a really good thing to understand is if you are struggling, anything that has to do with anxiety, depression, those are neurological things. Um, Struggles; Those are actual physiological struggles. And sometimes when we are feeling anxious or depressed, we would rather be angry and lash out in anger than feel that depression or anxiety. So there's a very good chance, Brad, that you might be lashing out out of anger to cover up that anxiety and depression that you might not be ready to recognize or, or be ready to recognize at all. Yeah. So, and You can tell that when you're getting really upset at little things like that's when your irritation, your irritability, your um, agitation is really heightened because you're so ready to snap.
1: Is it fair to say that if you tend to get really irritated over little things, generally speaking, the the issue resides within him, not necessarily the actions of his girlfriend?
0: Right, right. And I'd be interested to know what, um, where he is emailing from, uh, reaching out from, because it's talking about reading a map, too. So you would think, <laughs> like, in the United States, a right. lot of times people just pick up the phone yeah. and have them go there. So I know we get to hear from people all over the world. I'm super grateful for that. I'm definitely thankful to everyone out there who's listening and a part of the show, um, who writes in, um, calls in, because... It's very humbling to be able to have you know that you're spending this time, choosing to spend this time with us. But so Brad, one of the things I would say is this, um, it's important for you to practice right now that whatever you're feeling, you don't need to react to. So in other words, if you're feeling really agitated and irritable, there's a sense of, there's an impulsive sense saying, I must lash out with this, I must respond to this. But you don't have to. And I think that freedom, the permission to say, I can sit with this emotion and I don't have to lash out at my girlfriend. Just watch what happens because if you sit with that emotion and you say, and you become kind of the observer, so you're almost stepping outside yourself and kind of watching yourself and saying, looking at yourself almost as a a third person and saying, well, this guy's really feeling agitated and irritable right now. And then instead of reacting to those emotions, just observe them and watch them pass. There will be a beginning and a middle and an end to those emotions. And the first time you are able, and I have seen this for years in anger management, the first time you're able to actually observe your anger without reacting to it, it is one of the most empowering feelings that people describe. Cause they say, listen, that I, that moment of yes, I'm not a, I'm not a puppet to my emotions mm-hmm. anymore.
1: There's a quote that I love and, it's not exactly this, but some, uh, by Vic- Victor Frankl, which is, you know, between that moment between stimulus and response is where my freedom lies. Yes. So taking a beat, taking a pause before you then react.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. And Victor Frankl Victor said it better. I yeah. Think, but... Well, but no, but he, but he's <laughs> so powerful. Effect. So powerful. Absolutely. Um, I think probably the best book to read for the most, one of the most important books for anybody to read is man's search for meaning. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Brad, I think that's what's going on. I think that you are struggling with some physiological things and that's why I'm so grateful that you're talking to a doctor and you're getting, you know, you're getting checked out to see if medication's right for you. I think that's really, really important to take care of yourself physically in that way. But in terms of your mental response, now, please know there's a big difference. I'm not saying just ignore your feelings. I'm not saying that at all. Just push it down. I'm not saying that I'm saying actively be an active participant in observing your feelings and realize that you don't have to respond simply because you're experiencing them. That's really important to, to know. There's
1: another, I, I remember the first time I joined you on the show um, talking about the RAIN acronym and it stands for recognize, allow, investigate and then non-attachment. Mm. And one of the things I use with my clients often is recognizing A, the feeling that you're feeling, allowing it to an extent of how can I express this in a healthy way, investigating what came up for you and then non-attachment which is truly just not becoming attached to that feeling and kind of letting it go as, um, a, A metaphor I like or analogy I like is uh, the waves rolling out on on a beach. So just I'm feeling this right now, but it is not who I am.
0: I I really live my life by that. I think that's uh, to me, that was probably the most freeing thing I ever learned.
1: The Um, non-attachment.
0: The non-attachment, the non-attachment, being able to watch those feelings come by if you want to talk 866-391-1020 dollar bank instant access kdk radio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 this is emotional management on kdka radio this is emotional management 866-391-1020 is the number i'm dr christian conti in studio with me lisa Oh, lisa Relationships, we have a question to answer. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. This question is from Frank. He says, Young people today seem to enter relationships before they have a chance to see the world, know their selves, or see all the choices they could have. What could you say to the youth to take time and not feel pressure to stay with one before they have a chance to see so many choices? Frank, good question. Thank you for your question. Um, What do you think, Lisa?
1: That is a good question. I think, uh, you know, it's tough when we're not the person in the relationship feeling those feelings. Mm. So assuming that, you know, young teen, young 20s found love and wants to pursue that, it's tough to tell someone to uh, put that on the back burner and explore the world. And at the same time, you know I know how much personal growth comes from spending time alone and truly kind of being out there on your own um, experiencing life in that way so I, I think it's possible to get into a relationship at a young age um, and and still embrace and enjoy life if you are continuing to grow as a person and as a couple if you can grow as a couple and challenge each other um, to become the best possible version of yourselves in that relationship, then I think by all means, that's something you can continue to do. Um, I'm a little, I guess, biased because I was sharing with you on the break that uh, my parents have been together since seventh grade and very much happily married. So they've definitely grown up together, but I know that's not the case for everyone. You know, I I certainly can see how someone might limit themselves um, career-wise, geographically, to to stay with in a relationship.
0: No, but you're, I think you're, absolutely right if we can't really determine for someone else my grandparents were married for more than 70 years i believe they got married around 16 um, so we don't ever really truly know and here's the thing we have confirmation bias. So if we want to say and every young person says this like if they get in that relationship from up we're going to be the one. We're going to be the the Romeo and Juliet. We're going to be the one that's going to make it. And and what people don't understand is that everyone really feels that at some point in time and someone is someone does work and as it's not, it absolutely can work but the part I think that even what I would have Frank here too, is that there's more of an inantiodromia. There's one extreme and the other. So f- what I see is a lot of people aren't staying together and are, are re- reticent to even be in a relationship. So many young people today uh, not make a commitment and then so there are so many of that. I think there's a proliferation of that. And so then the opposite extreme is some people are very young getting together and then saying, let's be the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And the thing I would caution everyone about is being mindful of not going just being reactive. Well, since everybody's like staying away from relationships, I'm going to dive right in or I'm going to dive right in, you know, because, you know, just to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important just to really understand and embrace to learn, like you said, about yourself, learn about yourself. If you're with somebody and you're young to be able to be growing together. Um, I know sometimes people have a thought when you're young. I know this cause I just talked to uh, a, a girl and uh, a junior high girl recently. Um, it was one of my daughter's friends and she was saying that like, she kind of had this vision of just a dream wedding one day. And then once this dream wedding takes place, uh, I was like, what's going to happen after that? Well, no, that's it. You know, just ride off into the sunset. And she, and I said, well, you know, I mean, that's a nice idea, but I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, so I can see young people thinking that and getting caught up in kind of that movie fairy tale. This is what's going to happen. But listen, after, well, I can't think of one Disney princess right now. <laughs> I literally cannot think of one. My oh, daughter's gosh. gonna be Belle in right? Beauty and the Beast, so I'm there gonna go, go with that there one. Go. She's gonna be Belle. She is the lead role, and she's Belle. So let's say in that in that movie, you know, once the Beast becomes, you know, a person and they to get married, um, and then we just see credits. We don't really know what happens after that. But mm-hmm. guess what? They gotta find a lot a place. more work. <laughs> yeah. a lot more work that goes into it. Gotta find a place, pay the bills, yeah. and live life together. So. No, I think it's a great question, but I do think that you're right. I think that sometimes it can work. Absolutely. It's hard. It's tough for us to remember that when we were young, we were so invested in that relationship. Um, sometimes we want so badly for someone and we think someone's not ready. Maybe they are ready. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. It really mm-hmm. is individual. Um, but I think it's for each person to look at his or her life and say, Where am I? Where do I want to be? What do I want? You know, I don't want, I like what you said about limit yourself geographically. I've seen Mm -hmm. people say, well, I really wanted to go here, but now I'm not going to be able to because I'm in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I see, of course, people because I've done therapy for 20 years, I've seen people say, oh, I was so, I thought this was the one and here we are 10 years later and it's not the right relationship. So Mm -hmm. I think personal growth is what's most important. I'm with you. I think that as many people who can get into therapy, I said, please go into it. It's not, what you might've thought it to be 40 years ago, 50 years ago, like therapy today is sitting down and talking. So as much as, you know, you're listening to Lisa's voice right here, this is what you would get. You would sit down um, and she's not scary at all. You would come in and sit down and she would just give you insight. And I believe therapy is pretty much holding up a mirror for people to see their lives.
1: Yeah, great analogy.
0: And I like that you said about the pre marriage like before people get married if they get into counseling ahead of time they'll really learn some of those boundaries and things mm-hmm. like that i think that's important too for young people so if somebody's going to be in a relationship jump into therapy and just see what it is see mm-hmm. what you can learn mm-hmm.
1: i read something the other day about you know it's it's almost a challenge you're you you have no choice but to grow in a relationship because it's easy to hide from yourself when you're single and alone um but when there's someone else there with you 24 hours a day all your stuff comes up all your stuff comes up so getting into therapy and learning how to work through that alone or with someone else is always a a great idea
0: well i listen that's you're you're right i think you're you're absolutely right um we have uh, i wanted to read a right um a right automotive text um that we got because um from uh wayne it says my wife and i met in august of 1980 and we married that november and we are still together after 38 years 3 kids and 6 grandkids. So that's awesome. That's that absolute, really great. Yeah, that really is. I, I love to hear uh I love to hear about that. Um It's pretty beautiful when people are able to whenever people are able to make it work. Um So Yes. When Valentine's Day comes <laughs> up this year, Lisa? Yes. Are you aligning your expectations with reality?
1: I told you I'm going to the gym, so absolutely, absolutely I am. You know what you're getting. Those
0: weights are going to be those weights, and you know the 20 pounds are going to be 20 pounds, and the 30s are going to be the 30s. Right. No, I love it. Um, Okay, so I do want to go um, uh, uh, an instant access uh, email um, from Sharon, and she says, My husband and I have been married for 35 years, raised two successful sons, and lived an okay life. Then I read Dr. Lauren uh, Schlesinger's The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. I actually started thanking my husband for taking out the garbage. I did everything else and he should have been taking out the garbage, but I thanked him. Before I knew it, he was thanking me for things I'd been doing every day. This positive behavior got better and better. Now 17 years later, he compliments me every day for my nice looking hair or for my good looking outfit. We seem to try to catch each other doing something for which we can thank each other. It's fun. We have a much better marriage and it was such a simple and easy solution after swallowing our pride. I cannot thank you enough, Sharon. What a beautiful email. And it's it's you're right, it's a simple solution. And it is about pride. We let pride get in the way. Why would we want to allow pride to get in the way of our happiness? Sharon, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that email.
1: Yeah, that brought a smile to my face. Thanks, Sharon.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, 35 years. And, and and to know that they can make this relationship better because they're... And I love the idea of catching each other doing something positive, because we have this mentality, especially when we're feeling spiteful, which can really, really derail a marriage quickly. But if you're not feeling, if instead of the opposite of feeling spiteful, like really look to see what can I be grateful for? And that just makes your life better as well. 866-391-1020 is the number. Lisa, um, we're also coming up. We're going to give information on how you can sit down with Lisa if you want to sit down with her. So this is Emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti in studio with Lisa Ald. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I mean, this is. Look, there's a question right now. We're going to go to uh, Mike from Virginia. On the right automotive text line, he says, Hey, Dr. Conti, I'm in a relationship with someone who suffers from depression. She does a great job handling it, but not every day is easy. So I wanted to know if you had any advice for ways I can help. Thanks. Thank you for your question, Mike. Yes, I do have some uh, advice and thoughts on this. So if, uh, the person that you're with, if she's struggling with depression, This is to understand, I think this is what shifted for me. When I truly started to understand and learn, uh, neurology and understand that the, that it, when I studied neuroscience, I saw, wait a minute, this is, there are chemicals that are really not flowing in the way that maybe I thought that I thought, oh, it's just in your mind. Like you could just say this, like when I was younger, then I started to study this and said, wait a minute, if you really aren't getting the same chemical messages or the amount of chemical messages, when you're struggling with things like depression and anxiety, then there's a real reason why you're feeling the way you are. What I see is we compound that with our thoughts. So if we're, if we're feeling down and we say, oh no, everything's terrible or she should be feeling better right now, then we're likely to put more pressure on it. But if we say, Hey, listen, this is where you are. You are where you are right now. And that's okay. It's okay to feel the way you do. I think the moment we give people permission to feel the way they do, it takes away their need to defend, rationalize, justify, or explain how they're feeling. And then they can say, free up that space that would have spent time explaining, and now they get to say, "Look, yeah, okay, I do. I feel awful, but you take away that need to have to explain themselves."
1: I just to circle back to one of the things we talked about earlier on in the show. I think this is a great opportunity to be there with someone, support them, and not try to problem solve. Yes, just right, just having so just being there for. Was it his wife? Yes, girlfriend, just being there, relationship, just being there and and knowing that, you know, she can count on you, um, he or she can count on you and then not trying to problem solve so that she becomes defensive. It, it's probably the best thing you can do.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm really honest. I would love for you to really take in what Lisa just said, because we want so badly to fix, 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 and we cannot fix it. We can't fix it, but in twenty years, twenty thousand plus hours. I mean, I really when I think about that number, twenty thousand plus hours of clinical experience. I've sat down, one on one sessions with people, and in all that time, I don't believe I've ever fixed anything. All I do is hold up a mirror for others and whether they choose to work on themselves, that's entirely up to them. I'm there to make sure that I am a, a good reflection for them and get my own stuff out of the way so that I can be fully present with them but ultimately it's about people changing themselves. So I really like you highlighting that. It's not about fixing her, it's about just being there. And I like, I personally really like the idea of saying, you know what, it's okay, you are where you are right now. Cause then there's no fighting it.
1: Mm-hmm. it hey, it's really tough when you care about someone so much and you wanna try to take away their pain or help them. We, we've all been there. Um, it's really tough to let to let go in that way. But really, just sitting there with them through it um, is it, a different kind of, I guess, challenge because you're just staying present.
0: Yes. I just did a video for Addiction Policy Forum on that idea of you have somebody who's struggling with addiction and how do you talk to them? And and I came I really just I actually talked about that. You don't you want so badly to fix it because and it makes sense why you want to fix it because you love them, you care about them, but you can't. You just can't fix it. What you can do is be there with somebody. And for some people they say, "No, I I got to fix it." Well, no, but you can't. Mm-hmm. But it's not how it should be. Well, that's a cartoon world. So let me ask you this. If people out there listening are hearing and they say, man, Lisa Ald, she's as, is as amazing as Dr. Conti says she is. How can I sit down with her? How can I find her? How can people find you?
1: I'm really excited because just before coming here, I am opening up, um, getting keys and opening up a Southside location to see clients. So I will be doing that on Tuesday evenings. Um, but regardless, they can always reach me during the hours of 9 to 5 at 412 or preferably by email Lisa underscore Auld at yahoo.com.
0: I love it. Um, that's pretty awesome that you're going to be seeing people like that right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: People are going to be pretty lucky. That's going to be great. And if you're, I mean, individuals, you see individuals, you see couples. Mm-hmm. Um. So really, I mean and i would encourage you go sit down with lisa go sit down with her make an appointment go sit down and kind of watch what happens you don't have to come in with expectations of what's going to happen you just sit down and you talk to someone who is as spectacular as i see her to be i think this is going to be really eye opening for you and i think when you go sit down with her you're going to learn a lot about yourself
1: thank you for that i appreciate it
0: you're welcome thanks for coming on the show
1: yeah it was fun it was i always fun. i
0: always love having you on You, um, it's, it's always great to have you on. I think this week coming up for all of you out there, if you're in a relationship, I think we can take a lot of, we can take a lot of wisdom from what Sharon wrote in about and just look for the good in the other person. We can look for the good in the other person and say, what are they doing? That's right. And what are they doing that, um, that I can be grateful for what kind of send off advice do you have Lisa?
1: Well, I actually was going to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day, whether you're single, in a great relationship, or working towards one. So regardless of where you are on Thursday, have a wonderful Valentine's Day.
0: I love it. And every week on Monday night, I'll be here with you, Emotional Management. You can call in. You can write in. You can also check out my YouTube station if you go to youtube.com slash Dr. Christian Conti C-O-N-T-E. I'm putting out new videos frequently. I have a new one out today, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be a listener and to be a part of this show. I'm super grateful for it. And as always, I wish you much peace.